With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Odd combination. Yeah, well, so are my parents. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Down to 60 seconds left to go in the game. Harden, a step back three. On the way and in! James Harden! With his second three-pointer of the game, and it couldn't have come at a better time, as the Wolves yeah. call a timeout with the Rockets up nine. All right, there's a, there's a, that, by the way, that's Matt Thomas, who used to host a show on AM fifteen hundred. Yeah, who people might remember here, one of our buddies. He's a friend of the show. There's a million basketball things over the weekend. Uh, go for women with an upset, and then ran into a brick wall last night. Uh, March Madness for the men, too. Lindsey Whalen joining our show. Going to be more of a regular thing here going forward. And James Harden. Like, it's nice, Lindsey, when you were at the game last night. When you have a player who can just step back and knock down any shot past half court to uh, put a game out of reach, uh, that's a nice little luxury to have if you're the Rockets. Yeah, it's really nice. And it's also nice when he can pretty much get by, I mean, almost anybody with that little hesitation Shoulder. Once he gets his shoulder by you, he's so effective. And I mean, I think he's the clear MVP this season. So he, that was a dagger that he hit there. I mean, that was, we were trying to think maybe it was a five point game, six point game when he hit that three and (laughs) we had had the momentum. And then he just, you know, that's what MVP do. MVPs do though, is they, they take games over like that and, and hit the big shots. A first half like that is certainly um, a downer, but I will say this. That that second half and final quarter in particular were a lot of fun. I mean, that building, for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in, what now, 13 years, and there's been a lot of very down nights in that place, that uh, final quarter when the Wolves were furiously trying to come back. And give the fans the cherry berry that they they deserve. They won their cherry berry. (laughs) That was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Tibbs, Tibbs did not. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I had a sore throat when I got back because once Gorgie kind of had that physical foul on, on Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was playing well beyond the whistle, and you can say what you want, like maybe he didn't hear it, but on that play, and Chris Paul was talking the entire game. So it was just like finally somebody just knocked him down, you know, and so Gorgie did that, and then he made he got a, he drew a charge, Got a big offensive rebound. The place was chanting Gorgie at one point. It was yep. just, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, and it, it kind of felt like, okay, we can still get this. And um, you know, unfortunately, like we talked about before, that James Harden, they have James Harden, so he, he hit that dagger shot. But um, it was fun. It was electric, and it was from the first half when it just we couldn't stop them. They, had, I, I don't know, they almost had eighty in the first half. It to have that be the way it was with about four minutes to go in the fourth quarter is. It was pretty fun. It was fun as a fan, for sure. And um, I know it would have been great to come out with the win, but 
as a fan sitting there, it was sure a lot of fun to to be in that building. Do you watch Chris Paul and think total jerk, or as a player, do do you watch him and yes, he's a jerk, but think wow, just because he's so good and so competitive too? I like watching him when he's not playing us. You know, he's not playing the Wolves when I'm cheering for the team because yeah, I like him and I I watch all. I mean, I've learned a lot of my ball handling drills through his stuff on YouTube because he's. I mean, he's been probably the best point guard to watch over the last 10 years since since Steve Nash was kind of in his prime. So uh, as far as drills and just pick and roll reads, his ball handling, his passing. And But last night I was I was screaming. I mean, I was a couple rows up, but I was screaming at him because he was just talking the whole time and he was playing after the whistle and he was trying to get his little cheap shots in here and there. But um, he's a competitor and he, you have to have a lot of respect for him. So I do... I do go for him. I cheer for him when he's not playing against the Wolves um, because he is just an unbelievable point guard. And um, it looks like they're going to get the one seed. And I don't know. It, it might be – it's going to be interesting to see how the playoffs go. But they've got they've got something going for sure. And their they're spacing in the way that Harden and Paul play off of each other is just – you know, it, it can be a clinic like it was in the first half against pretty much anybody. And, and they sure – you know, took it to the Wolves last night. So, Lindsay, tell one more Wolves thing here quick. Is the elephant in the room is they just, like, they give up so many points. And I know Jimmy Butler's out, so it definitely matters. But even when he was in, they were their defense was 110 points per game allowed. So what what is it? Is it is it an X's and O's thing? Is it is it energy, effort? Why do they give up so many points? Why are they one of the worst defensive teams in the league from what you see? Well, last night in particular what I saw was just, um, it was a lot of it was in transition, and a lot of it was the Rockets were were cross matched. So getting back in transition, a lot of times rather than taking whoever the Timberwolves, whoever was closest to them, they were trying to go get their guy. And it's like it's stuff you you practice and you learn um, from a very young age. But when it's happening that fast and it's and it's quick and it's up tempo, I mean, we struggle with that at times with the links, and so. I think they really struggle with that. And then Ariza and P.J. Tucker are taught to just run to the corners. And then Chris Paul and James Harden are in the middle of the floor doing their thing. And then Clint Capella comes and gets a drag on. And then if nobody's guarding, if people are mismatched, they're just going to be – there's some, two people are going to one guy. There's not communication. Yeah. Um, a lot of defense comes down to communication. It comes down to, um, it t- comes down to chemistry, even more than offense. Because I think that – the longer they'll have this crew together, you know, if everybody stays, the better the defense will get. This is pretty much their first year with Jimmy Taj and then um, the young guys who are already here. So once that chemistry gets there, I think it'll improve because a lot of it is communication. And, and now I know, you know, Rebecca Brunson in this pick-and-roll situation, I know exactly what she's going to do because I've played with her for eight years. And so same thing with Syl, same thing with Maya. So we kind of have that down, but it takes time. I mean, we weren't always – you know, this type of defensive team. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Wolves will be able to um, continue to improve and take steps and eventually get there with their chemistry. Lindsay, how do you think history will look back in like 15 years on the UConn women's team that actually scaled back against St. Francis uh, of Pennsylvania this weekend and still won by almost 100 points, 140 to 52? I mean, in a lot of ways, it elevates women's college basketball because – you're talking about best players in the world, like the Maya Moors that come out of that uh, system, and they're always in the headlines. But how, how do you think history will look back at this era of women's college basketball? Yeah, I mean, that when I saw that score, it was just 
Yeah, first thing I said was they're still mad about last year. Yeah. year about losing to Mississippi State. And so he's got them from being coached by him. He's got them just on a mission. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I know they play Quinnipiac tonight. Um, you know, they're a nine seed, so we'll see. But then as it continues to go, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can give him a game because when he's got that motivation, the team has that motivation, they do not want to lose, and they have this standard. And I hope it's looked back on like the UCLA, like the wooden teams. You know, honestly, I mean, those teams we all talk about that greatest teams ever and won all these however many they won. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's that's revered as, you know, the best, you know, men's college dynasty team of all time. And so hopefully it's like that. And, and I don't know. I don't see them stopping, though. That's the thing. I don't see them stopping and – um, you know, we'll have to see here if Mississippi State or South Carolina, what Don Staley's doing, if there's a couple teams here that can really, um, you know, start to challenge them. They had one four in a row. Obviously, they, did, they didn't win last year. But, boy, this year they look pretty poised to, to come back and, and get that trophy back. Your thoughts, then, when you, you hear it and you hear this on basically a yearly basis that they are bad for the game itself? Well, I mean – they're pro they're yes, I mean it's not great for ratings today, you know, for if people are watching, you know, people aren't really gonna tune into an eighty point game. I mean, that's just the facts. But hey, it's elevated everybody else in that game last year with Mississippi State, that girl hit that shot, that's all anybody talked about for about five days. Yeah. You know, or, or or for sure for that weekend before the next game. And so it's like, hey, they're the Yankees, they're the Bruins, they're hey, the Lynx, you know, they're they're um they're the team that everybody's trying to shoot for and and try to beat. So, um, you know, I think that it's, I think it's, I think it's good because it makes it, you know, hopefully making everybody better. And you're starting to see, um, you know, Louisville's got a pretty good team this year. I saw uh, Texas A&M that kid had 32 in the second half. So hopefully there's some teams with some of these players that are able to try to beat them and try to, you know, take them down. And, and that I think creates, you know, some excitement and some intrigue. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the first round game, you know, of course, people aren't going to be like, oh, I have to see this game. They're they're winning by, you know, 57 points at halftime. I mean, you know, it's just the facts that people are going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll go watch something else. But I think in the I think in the long term and, and over a season, I think it's I think it's good because everybody's chasing them. And then, you know, you get a game like last year, kid hits a shot and it's number one on Sports Center and it's all over ESPN and everything. And, and I think that's that's good for the game because no one knew Morgan Williams probably before that shot. And then she hits that shot. And next thing you know, she's a, uh, you know, everybody's talking about her all weekend. So, you know, it's it's like anything. There's going to be some times when it's like, oh, come on, you know, no one's even close. And then there's other times when it's like, oh, you know, can somebody catch them? Can they, you know, can South Carolina, can they win again this year? Can Mississippi State challenge them and beat them again? So I think it's overall good because, and I played for Gino and I know, that the way he coaches is is really top notch and and it's it's all because of how professional he runs it and how how well prepared they are for each game. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Cheryl Reeve has been really outspoken the last few years about lack of media coverage for you know, top women's sporting events or even even with the links at times. Where do you stand on media coverage of women's sports? either in general or if you have any thoughts specifically, um, do you find there to be a lot of inequality in that regard? Or is it, like, what, what are your thoughts? Because, I mean, you do, you cover men's sports. You play, obviously, with the Lynx, and you've played on an international level, so you have experience uh, in sort of all these different areas. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think one, um, it's like anything, when there's, 
you know, a marketplace for it. And when there's people that are, it's, you know, full stands and people are, are there and it's something that a lot of people have interest in, then, you know, people are going to cover. And then also it's people who are, you know, need to take a look at, Hey, um, yeah, there are, there is a lot of interest, you know, there last year, our finals ratings was, I think the best since maybe the first finals or something like that. So there was a lot of interest in our finals last year and it was sold out at Williams arena and sold out at Staples center as well. So, you also have the you know the people who are making decisions to put the games on or to cover who have to you know really I think you know look a little more in depth at at the numbers and and see that there is value in that and so I think it's I think it's both I think as players we our job is to continue to grow the game and make it better and make it a product that people want to come see and fill the stadiums and put on ESPN and and all those things so um, I think it's I think it's I think it's I think it's getting there. You know, I'd like to hopefully see the NCAA tournament for the women, um, all the games on, you know, kind of all the networks where it's um, right now you can stream a lot of the games, especially the first-round games, but it'd be great to get all the games someday. Um, so there's strides to take, um, and I think it's um, I think it's all – I think it's everybody working together. Honestly, I think it's the people at the networks or whoever's making those decisions or whoever's making decisions to cover those teams if it's the – you know, websites, newspapers, you know, radio stations, um, people making those decisions. And then it's also the product on the floor because, you know, numbers don't lie. You know, it's like what we always say after a game, films don't lie. So if it's generating money, if it's, you know, increasing revenue, um, which we've done with the links. So here, you know, we, we have, you know, UConn, you know, has done that in the women's college game. We've done that in the pro game. And now it's just getting – kind of more teams to that level. And, um, and then I think it'll just continue to grow and, and, and continue to, um, you know, be a product that, that people want to watch and, and want to have on TV and want to be covered. More demanding coach, Tibbs or Cheryl? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, coaches, coaches, coaches demanding. I mean, she's, she expects us every day to come in and, and be ready to go and, and everything, but her, I mean, her sideline demeanor is a lot different than, than Coach Tibbs for sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I've never done it. I've never had a practice by Coach Tibbs, but um, I bet he's pretty. I bet he's pretty on those guys from what I can see from the sidelines and being on a couple road trips. That he's um, he's pretty intense and he wants. I mean, he wants to win now. He he can. He is. You know. Sometimes I wonder if he's having any fun over there coaching the games. You know, I asked Jim P. I'm like, is the he answer's no. <laughs> Do you think he has fun doing this? Because at some point, you know, I know Coach, as she's, you know, she's demanding and she's intense and she wants to win. I know she's having fun and I know she's enjoying it. But then again, I've known her for like eight years. And so I know, I know even in the bad, the worst thing, she's still, there's parts of it that she enjoys. And so uh, it's, it's interesting, though, having get, gotten to know Tibbs a little bit because I, I wonder if he, how much of the games he actually likes. Yeah, know. like he's. God, that's <laughs> the thing. True. Like, and you, you look at NFL coaches. We say that all the time. Where you get your dream job, you're Tom Thibodeau, and you just like you look like you're going to keel over any given time. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Zim. You know, when you watch Zim, you can see he's intense, but he's. Um, you know, he'll have some moments where he's. He looks like he's. You know, having some fun and enjoying it, but yeah, he'll pump his yeah, fist once I mean, in a while. Day, yes. At the end of the day, it's sports. You know, I know there's you know, multi-millions of dollars in this thing, you know, but it's like at the end of the day, it's a sport and you've worked your entire life to get here. So you have to, 
you have to have that balance and enjoy it too. And that's where I think I think our coach Cheryl, she does such a great job because yes, she you know expects this and and she wants us to do our best. But at the end, I mean, on our board at at the end of every pre uh, game. Uh, meeting it's have fun and big you know capitalized exclamation point because you know that's what that's what it's all about is growing the game and having fun and and I think she as much as you know sometimes when we're out there not doing what we're supposed to be doing you know she gets on us but ultimately she's you know still having fun and I can I can see that but then again I I know her and I see her every day yeah for sure hey great stuff it was fun catching up and we'll do it again we'll talk to you next week all right Lindsay Sounds great. All right, Lindsay Whalen, uh, just all over the place now, doing stuff on Fox Sports North, and she's going to be more of a regular on our show now, going forward. So I am willing to bet to her inside. I'm willing to bet that before games, Tibbs d- does not go to the uh, chalkboard and say and draw. Have fun. No, have fun. Probably not. No, like he need. He just needs a chill pill. He needs a cocktail in a hot tub or something, and some. Like, what does he, does he ever just go mellow out after a big win? Kick back and think, God. I don't think so. I make so much money, and we just beat the bleeping thunder. No, I think the answer is no. (laughs) It's amazing. The the answer is. Celebrate your life once in a while. How can I celebrate when I'm grinding film? (laughs) You should bring the have fun attitude to the sideline. Smile! Smile! (laughs) (laughs) We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. I'm okay. I wish I was playing basketball with my guys, but um, that'll come around soon enough. Um, I'm, I'm on the right track. I'm excited at my progression because I know how close I am to returning back to the floor with my guys. Um, I have a little bit of time left. Um, but I know my guys are going to stick this thing out and, and do what they've been doing, um, keep us in that race. And then whenever I come back, we'll see what we have in there. You know, we're on the, the treadmill a little bit in the water treadmill, all of that fancy stuff that whoever came up with. Uh, and then some little rowing machine, a lot of different ways to condition. I do it all um, just to switch it up. But uh, there's no there's no way to get into basketball shape without actually going out there and playing in the game. Uh, so the sooner that I get to hoop, go up and down, the better I'll feel. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, last night, talked for, for the first time, and <laughs> I couldn't decide from his comments. Half the time I felt he was saying, I'm going to be really smart about this, and I'm not going to rush myself back, yeah. and I'm going to wait. And then half the time he's like, yeah, I can't wait to get back. If, if I could play tonight, I'd tell you guys I could. I'd be lying, but I would play tonight. And all I can think of is this. Jimmy, if you don't watch out for yourself on this team, and as far as your return... And the doctors, and you convince the doctors to come back, be very careful because your head coach is not going to get you back and say, okay, Jimmy, we got to be smart about this. You, no, you're going to play, you're going to play X amount of minutes to start off with, and then we're going to gradually increase them. When Jimmy Butler greenlights this thing, guess what? He's going to go back to playing all the time. That's, Jimmy I, Butler that makes has me to, nervous. Jimmy Butler has to be his own advocate here because if he's not, he's going to end up playing way too much. And, if the Wolves can end this playoff drought, and that's going to be fantastic, but if you get him out there and he does more damage to that knee, and now let's say the problem goes into next year, you're doing yourself no favors. So I don't trust either Jimmy for his own sake or Tom Thibodeau for the sake of others around him. I don't trust either one of them to manage this thing properly. There's a lot, like, he's at that age where he's 28, going to be 29 here. He's somewhere in that range. No, you're right. Like, that's a really tenuous age to have 
the most mileage of any player in the NBA the last five years, and then suffer a knee injury, come back too early, put more wear and tear on it, maybe do some more damage or what have you. Um, this whole thing with the with the the pieces that are involved, like if it were Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, like he sits out with ankle injuries because okay, we're gonna look out for your well being long term here. And Popovich would There's, do the same thing. Right, there yes. will be no long term well being here. It it will yeah. be all about. This game against the Hawks that really doesn't mean that much, but maybe kind of does that we could probably win without Jimmy Butler. Like that's, I don't know, man. I, I I guess the worst case scenario here is he comes back too early, does more damage to the knee, and then he's just never the same player. And now you got him under contract for one more year, and then there's really no thought of him. I'm going doom and gloom because it's the Wolves, but that's the thought that's in my head right now. I just don't trust Tom Thibodeau or Jimmy no, Butler to do what's best for his well, long-term well-being. I think Butler knows what he should do, and I think he probably wants to do the right thing. But he's so competitive, I don't trust some people with the Wolves not to push him. And then and then once he comes back, it's on, because he's just going to play. And now the good thing is this. The, so the Wolves end this eight-game tough stretch that they're in right now, and they've won twice during the stretch uh, tomorrow night against the Clippers at home. I looked it up last night. After that, they have 10 regular season games left, and I want to say eight of those are against non-playoff teams. Yeah, they, so, they got to make some so money. This go, so this, this is going to, and if, after last night, they are um, a game and a half up on the Nuggets now. The Wolves are in the eighth and final playoff seed because when they lost last night, they went from six to eight. The point being, though, is I think Carl Anthony Towns and the rest of that team, Sands Butler, can get you to the playoffs in those last 10 games. But the worst thing that you could do is say, to hell with it, we're going to play Butler, let's say, with four games left. Because that's, that's where you get into the problem of, does he come back and does he do damage? And now you are you start training camp next year, and he really can't run. Like The game against the Clippers is going to be huge. You're only one game up in the loss column on the Nuggets and the Clippers because you've just played more games than those teams. That's why you're like two games up overall. Now, I don't think you can guarantee that they're going to win the games to make up the gap in games played. But if you lose to the Clippers, you'll still be ahead of them in the standings. But you'll be tied in the loss column. I think you got to get to 47. If you get to 47 wins, are they at 40 right now? They're at 40. Yeah. So for, let me do the math here. 47 and 35 would be uh, the record. So can they go seven and four? Yes, they can. Against a bunch of beatable teams yes, they, that are trying. Some of these teams are actively trying to lose to games. Lose. Yes. To get a better uh, lottery percentage. Yes, you can. But if you go 47 and 35, it would force the Nuggets to go. Nine and three to tie you, and it would force the Clippers to go ten and three. And if you beat the Clippers to tomorrow, that's a huge win for you. Yes. So you yes, could, you can bury them. That's not that hard. Let's just get to forty-seven wins, and I think that'll, and that might even get you up into like the five or the six seed. I don't know if it, it's probably not going to get you to Portland. Your Portland is, you're four and a half behind Portland now, so that three seeds out of reach. You could still maybe get to the four seed, but Oklahoma City's been better lately too. So one and done. Anyways. That's basically what you're telling me. Well, and that's fine. No, no, Just get I know. There. But you're going to get Golden State or or Houston. One and done is more you're... than we've had in a decade and a half. Here, win a game, make it a five game series against Portland or somebody. I would rather make sure that Butler uh, comes back healthy next year than do something stupid too. Yes, like if you're going to try and make a miraculous playoff run or something and say we got to get Butler back, I think that's the dumbest thing you can possibly do. And I don't trust Tibbs not to do exactly that. After Derrick Rose proved everybody wrong last night, proved everybody wrong. I love how a guy has one has one not even good game. He was fine. He had a good game. It was well, no, but he basically had a good half. I think which is fine. It was good. It was he deserves credit for having a good game. 
And then immediately, like, I don't know, Derek Rose must have a lot of third cousins who defend him on Twitter. Like, every time he makes a layup, see? I saw see? that. See? He's still the MVP from... No, he's okay, not. Okay, 43 teams have cut him loose in the last no, three years. No, he's not. But he had a good game, and he deserves credit for having a game. Dave, what kind of stuff's coming up next? I've got a few nuggets from the NCAA tournament we haven't touched on yet. A little golf talk I think we need to get to. Yes, and we do. And some big NBA news as well. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this baffling embarrassing and infuriating. Yeah. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Walgreens. Walgreens is here for all your diabetes needs. Stop by today to consult with your pharmacists and get trusted advice and tips about your diabetes medications and testing supplies. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. (laughs) Did you say big NBA news, Dave Harrigan? I did say that, Judd. You want to start there? Sure. Insincere Judd is very interested in the NBA. How is that insincere? I'm interested. He said big NBA news, and I'd like to know what it is. Well, Judd, let me tell you. Okay, I am waiting with bated breath, Dave. Uh, the big NBA you should, news. Oh, no, sorry. Insincere Judd had a great moment in the hallway before the show where someone walked by. I don't even know who it was, but it was like he bumped into someone in the hallway, and the person goes, Hi, good morning. How are you? And Judd goes, Oh, good morning. How are you? It was like, and both of them knew it was 100% insincere. And Judd walks in with this big grin on his face like, yes, another insincere hallway interaction with someone I've seen for seven years but still don't know their That'd name. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. <laughs> no, it was it was more convincing this time. I'm like, hi, how are you today? It's a, I'm try, You know what? All I do. It's a glorious day. I it's try cloudy. and lift. I try and lift spirits. Do it's a God bless day. Do you know who it was that you were speaking to in the hall? It's a very nice person. What department they work in? Traffic, I believe. Okay. I believe she works in traffic. Do I know a first name? No. Do I know a last name? No. But that's the type of guy I am. I don't need to know your name to know that I want and you to fairness, have a blessed day. I think she's probably only been here for about two years. So it's As not, opposed not to the quite like some of the other ones. So I still don't know. Yeah. Like, did you know the name of the guy who was introducing the new sales guy? The guy Bernie? with the gray hair. Bernie? Oh, yeah. Do you know Bernie's last name? Is it Lauer? Yep. There you That'd go. Well, how about this guy? I'd like to, to see that again. <laughs> he, He's a big Packer fan. Bernie owns a piece of the uh, of of the Packers. He owns the oh, certificate. Oh, I'm gonna have to talk. Dummy? Gonna have to talk to Bernie about. Oh yeah, that. I think it's hanging. Bernie got. I duped. think if, if you go in Bernie's office right now, I think the uh, Packers certificate's hanging from oh, his wall. Bernie, if you're listening, or well, loves his take Packers. That down. Goes to games. He's, He's got a sales tickets. guy, but got taken in by that crap. That Bernie, we gotta I have mean, a, we gotta have a conversation. He drives to home games, Packer <laughs> home games. I think almost every one of them. I'm just proud cool. that Judd knows the name of somebody. Yeah, that's impressive. Well awesome. done. Anyway. All right, Ty Lue is taking a break. He is stepping down indefinitely for his from his coaching duties with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Assistant head coach or associate head coach, excuse me, Larry Drew will take over the statement from Lou. Not a whole lot of detail. Just had consultations with his doctors, with the GM. They've decided to do what's best for his health. Cites chest pains, other troubling symptoms compounded by a loss of sleep throughout the year despite a battery of tests. No conclusions as to what the uh, what the exact issue is. And ringing in his left ear from LeBron James screaming, uh, screaming at him on the bench. If there's no diagnosis for this other than, like, I don't know, that's stress of being LeBron James coach. Why don't they just make it player coach? 
Could he wear? Just do it. Would he have to wear a suit and a tie he while he's half, sitting on the half bench? Half suit and tie, half jersey. Well, he could just like instead of those little pullover shirts they wear on the bench when they're resting, his could just be like just make it on a, those tuxedo shirts. Just make it a player coach. Just say, LeBron, we know you coach the team. It's official. I think that would work out, Phil. Two weeks in a row, he didn't win it. That's but fine. He was definitely in it. I want to know. What happens to you? What happens to your body? What happens physiologically when you see what Tiger Woods put up, put up, put together the last two weekends, and then after the tournament, you just hear this? If I can play with um, no pain and I can feel like I can make golf swings, I'll figure it out. And uh, I'm starting to piece it together tournament by tournament, and each tournament's gotten a little bit crisper and a little bit better. He okay? He classic Tiger though. And he was honest about this after the tournament. So he's making a run. And as it turned out, Rory McIlroy shot like 65 or something absurd. And would have Rory was going to win anyways because Tiger was five back. But Tiger was one off the lead going into the 16th hole par five, which is a short par five. You could take – he could probably take a three-wood or an iron off the tee and still maybe get there in two. He takes driver out, which is – like it's almost never a good idea for Tiger to take a driver out because he can, he can hit it with a three-wood. And he put a ball like – Insta out of bounds, never has a crowd, and the gallery was 15, 20,000 people just following him. Raucous chants and roars, and he's one off the lead after starting five back and puts a ball like where I would put a ball, but 150 yards further. And automatically, the crowd just like passes out. Just, but it was fun to watch him the last two weeks. He is now, according to some sports books, the favorite to win the Masters. Yeah, that might be getting he, a little aggressive. It's not. Let's just let's dial it back a little bit and let's enjoy the success. You're such. No, God. this is not true. I was, dial what back? Let's dial. He's, let's please contending get, on let's Sundays. Let's not get too excited and let's enjoy it. Now, I was driving to the Wolves last You're night, such a listening, listening to the golf on my radio. Oh, so dial anybody, back the excitement from so a guy who anybody, listens to golf on so the radio. So for anybody that thinks I hate Tiger, it's not true. I'm just saying let's give it a chance to percolate a little bit more. Let's not make him the favorite for the Masters. I'm managing expectations, which is what I've been doing my whole life. I'm very good at it. I, we are we are getting so much of Judd psychologically here from his <laughs> really are. his fear of games, his fear of my emotionally wife, investing into a Dawn team. Dawn agrees you that it's a deep-seated problem, and that's not true. It he, is not a deep... Uh, games bore me to no end. Fear of rejection. He no, just it's fear not a fear of failure. Of, no, it, it's not. It's he not doesn't want to get close to anyone. He doesn't want to get invested in anyone or anything. His good friend for years says how great it would be to come to town, bring the family, bring the kids, and hang out with old Uncle Judd. That'd be cool, man. I'd like to, to see that Judd again. Judd sits down last night at Target Center with a long time, a guy he's known for 20 years, yes. doesn't speak a word to this person because he doesn't want to invest. quote my good friend Simon and Garfunkel, I am a rock. I am an island. You know, Simon and Garfunkel had their issues, too. I know they did. I know they did. But <laughs> emotionally unavailable. Garfunkel was always emotionally unavailable. Listen to that song. If you want to truly understand the Zolgad, listen to that song. You'll get it. No, I'm not going to do that. Let's That'd talk cool, about man. the golfer who won. It's a great song. It's a great song. Play it again. Play it again. Oh, I just I just took away whatever That'd was cool. That'd be cool, cool. We, man. I'd like to, to see that again. We, Actually, I think I just got like five times already. something important there. Uh, we'll find Uh-oh. It. Don't worry. Uh, the golfer who won. Really proud of myself. I have hung in there over the past sort of year with injuries and, um, you know, taking a little bit of time off at the end of last year to, to sort of get myself right coming into this year. And, um, you know, all that, all that work, hard work has 
um, has finally paid off. Maybe Rory's back as a golfer. We know he's back as a complainer. No, temper those expectations, Rory fans. Hey, it's just it's a meaningless tournament. Yeah, it might not just be. Just don't, yeah. you know, don't get too excited. You're as catching would on. Say. Rory annoyed <laughs> by the rowdy fans over the weekend. There was one guy out there who kept yelling my wife's name. I was going to go over and have a chat with him. I don't know. I think it's gotten a little much, to be honest. I think they need to limit alcohol sales on the course, saying maybe just limit it to guys sipping beers and cut out the cocktails and the liquor. Or maybe you should toughen up mentally. Ooh, that's a so shot. Were they just were they yelling his wife's name but nothing else about her that, that was offensive? So was some guy just bellowing her name? Because to <laughs> me, what's the big deal? But this can happen in any... if. So people are going to say, yeah, but the but the fans are right there. But they're right there in the NBA. Of course and they're, they are. And they're right there in the NHL. There is glass, I guess, between you. Um, I don't know. Golfers are... Etiquette, Phil. The it's Ryder Cup etiquette. was a drunk fest. If you survive it's that, fun. you can survive the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Yeah, I think Rory gets it more from American fans than some others because he's, he's demonstrative. He'll throw it back in your face like he did at the Ryder well, Cup. Well, expect it, yeah. It's all in good fun. I don't know. Was it that bad? First of all, if you just, I think golfers, if you just had like a constant buzz of noise on a regular basis, like the 16th at uh, Phoenix, the get, Waste Management Open, they'd it. get used to it. Yeah. You know, they get so distracted. It's very precious. Tennis players, tennis players can operate through uh, and Oz. They can do that, but it's not expected, Phil. I think you should uh, fall on his side a little bit. Let's hear more from Eric Musselman. That's what we heard at the early part of the show. Just a lot of heart. A lot of determination, uh, no quit, some halftime adjustments, some strapping, and trying to speed them up. Nothing feels better than this. Nothing. Sweet 16. And then there was this question in the post game, Coach, you've got to be one of the most hydrated coaches on the sideline. You've always got a cup of water or something in your hand going up and down. The question is, have you ever had to use the restroom while coaching a basketball game and seriously thought about leaving? Answer, yes, yes, and yes. There's small sips I'm taking as you get older. Got to use the bathroom a little bit more. So I do worry, especially when the timeouts are longer in this tournament. It's a great concern of mine. Our staff, though, is well prepared in case I have to leave. So far, so good. Yeah, you got you always have to be prepared. Those arenas get hot sometimes, too. That was a post-game question? Correct. Wow. Wouldn't think to ask that one. Yeah, well, you hey, could... Coach, you got a glass of water. I'll tell Coach... Talk about the uh, hydration. Yeah, talk, well, talk maybe, maybe as a guy who goes to press conferences, you should think to ask the creative questions. As like the Kirk to Coach, Cousins question? How does it feel that you just made the Sweet 16? <laughs> like the Kirk Cousins hey, Coach, question? Coach, what were you... With what, your dietary needs, how the hell did you go to Shake Shack? That's a much better question hey, than... Well, you know, hey, I regret it. I hey, told Coach, you that. Coach, uh, when you guys were down by like 20 points, what was the chatter in the huddle? Uh, I like asking. I like a- asking the kid about. You do realize that a one seed has never bombed this bad before, right? <laughs> you do realize that a sixteen has never won before, right? I envision like reporter guy pulling his glasses down, his readers over the bridge of his nose. You do know that this will affect you negatively the rest of your life, <laughs> correct? Uh, yeah, I think I. One more creative question was lobbed uh, post-game at Cincinnati coach Mick Cronin after they were one of many teams to be upset over the weekend, and uh, the reaction wasn't so pleasant. How disappointing is it for you? How hard is it for you to walk away when you know that you didn't get that this year? It's hard. It's something that keeps you awake. How long does it bother you? I didn't go to sleep yet. 
Did you come up with that question by yourself? No, I mean, after it tonight. Keep me awake. I'm standing here. I mean, we'll after, see. I'll, you know, you call me tomorrow. I'll tell you if it keeps me awake tonight. I'm curious. I answered the question. You asked me if it kept me awake. I haven't been asleep yet. Come on, man. You see, I, I'm I'm on team coach there. You sit there for three hours and watch a sporting event, and you can't come up with anything creative or anything. Well, he, meat he on the did bone? ask him how disappointing it was. Seriously, like rate it like, on a scale like of quantify is this the most the disappointing thing of your life. It's I don't know. It, that's a dicey thing. It's not. Reporters yes, are lazy is. with their questions, and they have been for they, they can years. be they can be sometimes, but there are certain questions you have to ask. Like you've got to get at that question. How you approach it can be argued, but if if uh, seed that's what what was uh, they, they were two seed Cincinnati is that right? They were mm-hmm. two seed. Okay, you've got to ask something along those lines. Now Does I agree it, it can be night, I agree it can hey. be approached differently, but the question itself is going to be asked, and I don't mind that one. Got to know whether he loses sleep. Is that journalism one hundred and one? Got to know whether coach loses sleep. Coach, do you realize two seeds rarely lose these games and your kids are losers? Talk about that. <laughs> Talk about being a loser. Talk about that. Talk about losing. I mean, if you're going to be passively, aggressively antagonistic, you might as well just go aggressive at it. Coach, uh, Talk about terrible play by your team today. Coach, you're on the hot seat firmly. How does it feel? Microphone. <laughs> Uh, Wetmore is going to join us here in about 15 minutes to talk about the Buzzkill Twins news of Jorge Polanco. Uh, thought he was taking vitamin B. As it turns out, it was uh, a steroid that ends in LOL, <laughs> yeah, which is very fitting. Yes. So we'll do that at the top of the hour, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Join Rookie and 1500 ESPN at Station 280 in St. Paul, 530 to 730 this Thursday for the Ultimate College Basketball Tournament viewing party. There'll be basket pong, prizes galore, a little bracketology perhaps. And fantastic beer specials. It's all sponsored by Dosakis. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Those are fun. I can confirm. Did two last week. You've done two, yeah. Main Street and Hopkins on Friday was a very good time. Very good time. Watched some uh, basketball, had fun. People won prizes. But you left there before the 16 1 upset, right? Yes, yes. I, uh, I stayed there probably till about, I don't know, 8 30 or so. Lots of fun. I suggest it. You can win lots of cool stuff, yes, including 1,500 ESPN swag. Yes, you can. Uh, Lance emails the show, Phil, Booby, you got to calm down. It's a great diehard reference. Booby. Um, no? <laughs> Sounds great. You guys don't get You guys have never seen Die Hard. I forgot. Oh, I've that. seen it. I just didn't. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I didn't get the reference. Booby? Booby, You yeah. haven't seen Die Hard if you don't get Booby. I have seen it. I just haven't seen it in a long time. All right. But anyway, what's the After point? five years of putrid to non-existent play, Tiger Woods has two nice tournaments, and we're honestly supposed to expect him to win the next major? Yeah, thank you. Get a grip, man. Phil Mickelson won a tournament recently, but nobody is losing, losing their minds over the chance of him winning a major. I might be losing my yeah, mind. Yeah, no one loses their minds over any golfer other than Tiger Woods because he's the only golfer that's, that's ever put golf on the map All like we're telling has. you to do is just, just pull it back a little bit. It's fun to watch. If Judd Enjoy is a wet blanket, it. then you're a wet towel. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Dude, what's worse? I don't. <laughs> well, a wet a wet blanket's heavier. Like a towel's lighter and it would dry quicker. Well, it depends on the kind of blanket. I mean, you can have a lot of different types of fabric. Well, it's going to be a larger blanket. The blankets are larger than towels. It's going to take a long time. Not to... necessarily. You can have a small blanket. A wet towel's awful. 
like you shower and you get done and, and you accidentally pick the towel that's sort of wet and you're like, this is miserable. Oh, that's a you mistake. I you really prep. You prep the shower. You prep I the try, dry but, towel but every once in a while I'll grab the wrong towel. <laughs> what towels? What is but what is them. with you and Lance and these people? Here's another one. Dale. Mackie's fawning over Tiger is really tedious. Was was a great golfer. Speak English in your emails, people. Was was a great golfer. Oh, condescended them. Condescended yes. You. Is he now? Take that condescending. Is he a great golfer now? No. He is very good as many others are. He will Ooh. no longer dominate like he once did. Uh, if Mackie, wow. If Mackie ever has a, a daughter, how would he like a guy with Tiger's character oh, to show up on now, the That's what this now is about. We got at the core. That's what this is now. about. Okay. Yeah, and if your kid works at Denny's and Tiger comes along, oh, all hell's okay. gonna break loose. Now we got at the root of the problem. That's what this is about. I think it makes it more, his story is more appealing because he's gone through all this self-inflicted, albeit, uh, injuries and cheating on I think Elon was actually at the Valspar last week. I think they're still on good terms or are back in good terms. Oh, they got but, the kids together, yeah. But doesn't it make good. like the fact that he fell on his ass for like 10 years and he hasn't won a major since, what, 2008 or something? Doesn't that make his story more compelling? Like, all God, I'm, this guy's broken. He's back as a he's like a different guy. All now. I'm all I'm saying is just let's dial back the expectations and enjoy what we're seeing right now. I, uh, I've seen Lindsey Vaughn tweeting about Tiger the last couple weeks. She's pulling yeah. for him huge on Twitter. I was also listening to the Lebertard show. I think it was on Friday. We pl- replayed in the evenings at seven o'clock. They were talking about Tiger and you know the resurgence last week and playing well at the start of the tournament this past weekend. And thinking back. God, 15 years ago, whatever it was, remember the apology tour? Remember standing up at the podium and then hugging his mom in front of the blue backdrop deal as he had to say sorry for all his actions? Like after the... Uh, after the Elon thing. Yeah, that was 2009, I think. Okay. So like nine years whatever ago. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, yeah. think about that. Think about how low that guy was at that point. Yeah, and he was only like 30 years old or 31 yeah, and years that old. that was before his body started failing him like it has in the last eight years. Yes. So he had that, he had body failing him, and then he had the the embarrassment of falling asleep at the wheel after getting hopped up on too many painkillers. That's right. All of it self-inflicted, except even the back injuries. By swinging that hard early in his career, you know, limited what he could do All, later on. Although I will say the off-the-golf-course problems was partially an us issue, too, because once again, we got so invested that this guy had to be a saint. Like, this guy, how could he do that? It's like when when the Kirby stuff came out and people were just how could this ha- how but Kirby seemed like such a great guy yeah and you always just want to say folks these people have a lot of faults enjoy what they do on the field or on the course or on the ice or or court but when we get but it really frustrates me when we as a society get offended but by the fact that these people are really flawed also like Tiger Woods clearly not the best relationship partner sure. at that time. But it wasn't. We do these false equivalencies. Well, he, you know, bad guy. Okay, he wasn't. He, as far as we know, there was no domestic violence or anything of that category. He, he had was some just quirks. Like, he cheated on his wife. A he lot. had some odd quirks. Yeah, 